Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. Welcome to the Worry-Free Retirement with best-selling author and fiduciary, Tony Walker. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it, shame on you. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. Them that have it, get more of it. The less they need it, the more they love it. And it sticks to them like glue. Funny, funny, funny what money can do. Ever get in a hurry? My wife of 37 years, Susan, accuses me all the time of being in a hurry. Whether it's the speed at which I enjoy playing around a golf, the way I drive on the highway, opening personal mail of all things, cleaning the kitchen, or getting in a hurry when making decisions, yes, on major purchases and even investments. I'd say if we're all honest with ourselves, we can all tend to get in a hurry. And here's the problem when you and I get in a hurry. It can cost us dearly, especially when it comes to you, your money, your family, and your retirement. You see, getting in a hurry can create mistakes and blunders that might have easily been avoided had you just slowed down. That's why today, and for the next week or so, we're going to talk about the biggest financial mistakes people make with their money as a result of being in a hurry and not slowing down. And of course, taking stock of what they've got and how to properly plan for the future so they can avoid these costly mistakes. Well, welcome folks to the Worry-Free Retirement. And before I get in a hurry and forget, uh, let me introduce the producer of the Worry-Free Retirement, America's favorite financial sidekick, Mr. Aaron Orender. Aaron, good morning to you. Hey, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing very well. And uh, of course, we've been working on this theme for the last week or so. And, and before we went on, uh, folks, although the show is somewhat scripted, Aaron and I really don't script what we're going to talk about necessarily. So I caught him off guard and said, okay, Aaron, I've got one later I'll share with you with me and my father. But have you ever done anything in in a hurry? And as a result, you could definitely say, I got in a hurry. You made a pretty big mistake or blunder. It could be anything. Uh well, I don't, uh, can't think of, I'm, I've got a funny speeding ticket story. That's, that's kind of getting in a hurry, but I mean, I'm, I'm the kind of person I don't like to do things last minute. I like to kind of prep. I like to plan. I don't, I don't like things thrown on me last minute, but, uh, I got a pretty funny speeding ticket story, I guess. So I was, <laughs> I got to hear this one. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I had probably had my license for six months. So it was right up, right off the bat. And, uh, I was pulled over and I remembered a guy from high school. Of course, I was in high school at the time, but you know, a buddy of mine at the lunch table, he was talking about, yeah, I got pulled over one time and I just, you know, I just gave the cop 80 bucks and you know, he didn't give me the ticket and just took off. And so I took off. And just when you're 16 and you're just dumb and you just don't know things, you know, I, <laughs> don't tell me you tried the, to cop, any money. the cop walked up to the uh, window and I rolled it down and he asked me if, you know, whatever, see license and registration and started to give me a ticket. And I just kind of looked at him and I was like, can I just give you like 80 bucks and just kind of, you know, 
Man, oh, I'm man, so like, lucky he didn't take me to jail. He was like, what? He just like, he, he was, I probably made him laugh. I hope I made him laugh. I hope I didn't make him too mad. But he was like, no, you can't just give me 80 bucks. Here's your ticket for whatever it was, 90 bucks, or I don't know, whatever it was. So, yeah. Oh, gosh, that's hilarious. Well, uh, this, I, I've actually had one speeding ticket. Can you believe all the miles I've driven? I've only had one speeding ticket. And actually, it's on I-65 here and going 79 in a 70-mile-an-hour zone. That's kind of wild, isn't it? But anyway, no, but I, I definitely get in a hurry driving. I'll admit that. But let me tell you, i got to tell you a funny story. Uh, we've been okay. doing these Dick Walkerisms. Uh, of course, for those of you who don't know, Dick Walker was, was my father. He passed away years ago. And what we've done, my brother Marty and I, over the years, we secretly recorded my father saying all these one-liners. We call them Dick Walkerisms. And I mean, he just had a way of throwing out these one-liners. So back in the 60s, we found these tapes. Our own Derek Hudson has been remastering those. So in fact, uh, Derek is over there working on the TV show as we speak that we're getting ready to do. So I'm going to have Derek play what Dick Walker's response was to people that got in a hurry. So let it roll, Derek. Just slow down. All right, so just slow down. Now, the reason I say that and the reason I set that up, Aaron, is my dad was worse than me. You're talking about getting in a hurry. Everything he did. So can I tell my story? This is a good Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, keep in mind, too, not only did he get in a hurry, he was terribly mechanically inclined. He couldn't fix anything. So I was going to Western Kentucky University. I remember coming home to the house. Okay, I'm a 20-year-old kid, whatever at the time. Walk in, and I kind of hear some hammering going on in the bathroom. I'm thinking, what is that? So I walk by, look in there, and there's my dad crouched over the commode. And he's got a screwdriver and a hammer. And I said, hey, Dad, what's up? And he said, I'm trying to get this darn commode seat off so I can change it put a new one on. But, you know, usually you don't use a hammer and a screwdriver around a porcelain commode. And so I walked over, and I could tell what had happened. The bolt that holds the commode lid on had gotten through the commode lid okay, but he was trying to get it through the commode. It had gone through the other side. Mm. So I was just trying to help. He looked at me like he wanted some help. And I said, well, Dad, I think if you just hit it one more time, it'll be fine. So he struck it. The bolt shoots out. I don't think we gave each other a high five, but I was very impressed with his mechanical prowess because usually everything goes berserk when he does something. I kid you not, Aaron. It was like this five-second delay. You know, cartoons, how there's a slow crack. Yeah, like something in a cartoon or a movie. (laughs) So the cold commode just cracks in half, water spilling out. So later on that day, I hear him on the phone with somebody. I don't know who he's talking to, and he's describing this incident. And I guess they said, well, what happened? Well, here was Dad's response as he blamed the commode incident on me. So this is another (laughs) Dick Walkerism roll tape on this one, Derek. Uh, Tony just told me to hit it one more time. Okay, folks, so enough fun and games. So let's, let's get to the meat of this. This is good stuff. Okay, so let's say you're riding down the road right now listening to this show. You're 55, 60, 65 years of age, whatever. You've been slaving away 30, 35, 40 years at your job. You've been stashing all kinds of money in your 401k because that's what everybody told you to do. And you're getting a little burned out, a little worn out. You're just kind of ready to start thinking about slowing down and enjoying the fruits of your labor, but you've got a problem. And here's the problem. Most of your money... This is the people we meet, you savers out there. The vast majority of your money, I'm not talking about your house, I'm talking about your retirement assets, has been stockpiled and locked away in your 401k plan. And here's the issue. you got two options, only two options. If you want to retire, you can do nothing. I mean, you could leave that 401k where it is and just have them send you some money and hope for the best. That's probably not a good idea. Just 
So let's say you retire or you're over 59 and a half, you can leave it with the custodian of your 401k currently, all right? Or two, you could rush out, think about being in a hurry, folks. You could rush out, get in a hurry, and blindly roll over your 401k to the first complete stranger you meet that buys you a free steak dinner or the first money manager that sounds good on TV like they know what they're doing, which may or may not understand anything about retirement planning. So either of those options, I would say, are not good. So what we're going to do, when we're going to come back, we're going to talk about this whole notion of slowing down, okay, like Dick Walker says, but also creating a sense of urgency. How do we mesh those two together and how do we make the most of your 401k and avoid some of the big time blunders I see from either one, getting in a hurry, or two, not creating a sense of urgency to do proper planning for your retirement. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker. I'll be right back. At age 60, my husband's 62, so what percent of my 401k should I put into an annuity for what you call mailbox money? Um, and what percent kept in the market to continue to try to get gains? Yeah, so a lot of people uh, tend to be one or the other. They either try to invest a lot of money in annuities or they tell you to put all your money in the stock market. We're kind of unique. We know about both sides of the aisle. We're very, very experienced in annuities. And I've been a registered investment advisor for years. We've used the stock market for years. In fact, we have something called our split IRA concept. So what happens is somebody gets ready to retire or they're nearing retirement. They roll the 401k over to Tony Walker Financial. And then through my experience, I sit down personally with them and we determine what percentage needs to be in the annuities and what percentage needs to be in the stock market. And a lot of that is it just depends. You know, some people don't want to take a lot of risk. Some people need what we call mailbox money, and other people just really want us to help them think through that. So there really is no one padded answer. What I've found is most people kind of like a little of both, which we can do. Call me old-fashioned, but I love the fact that my husband takes care of all the finances. But if something happened to him, where would I turn? The grief associated with losing a spouse is hard enough. Don't make matters worse by not having a written game plan. Don't leave your future to chance. Get a game plan now with one of the most experienced and trusted names in the business. Log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. That's TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. Uh, and if you're already retired or you're going to be retiring in the next several years, um, you may be in a hurry when it comes to your 401k plan. Or it could be the opposite. There is no hurry or there is no sense of urgency. And we're going to see that you've got to kind of mesh the two. On the one hand, as Dick Walker might say, you want to slow down and not be in a hurry. On the other hand, things don't really get done sometimes if you don't create a sense of urgency. So folks, you got to understand, we are retirement planners. Tony Walker Financial, we're not about managing money. That's not what we do. We're not wealth managers. We're trying to position your money so that you can use and enjoy it while you still can, and also to use and enjoy it without the fear of one day running out of it. So do we manage money? Well, of course we manage money, but that's a part of what we do. That's not the whole part. Or that's not the whole process. So a lot of times you got to be careful. If you're talking to a money manager or a wealth manager, the first thing you've got to find out is where is my game plan? I want to see a written game plan. 
just a bunch of investments is not a game plan. Throwing together a bunch of annuities is not a game plan. Uh, running illustrations or retirement calculators that is not a game plan. That's the first thing you got to find out. Second thing you got to find out is there a staff that's trained to help you with all the things that are going to come up. We'll be talking about these in just a second. I mean, if you don't have a local staff, somebody you can reach out to to help you, um, you know, at Tony Walker Financial now, we're up to 12, besides myself, 12 full-time employees. And many of these staff members are service experts. They're not out trying to sell stuff. They're trying to service the stuff that I sell. So this is very important to understand. I talked to somebody the other day, Aaron, you'll get a kick out of this. I won't name the firm, but he said, yeah, Tony, we're, we're seriously thinking about working with you all, but I have to admit now I'm talking to a big firm and the firm's name goes by the name of the individual that owns it. Okay. okay, you with me? And the individual, I knew this when I asked the question. I think he lives out west or something. I don't know much about him. But I said, oh, you're going to work with the XYZ uh, firm. And he goes, yeah. And I said, well, okay. And he said, what's the difference between you all? And I said, well, the first thing is you and I are going to meet in person next week. Has he offered to fly in from uh, out west to come meet with you in person? Nope. <laughs> he kind of laughed. So that's the other thing too, folks. I am the owner of the company. If you'd like to meet with me in person, that you're more than welcome to do that. So we bring a sense of urgency and a sense of accessibility uh, to the owner and also other fiduciaries that work with me. So let's, let's try to figure this out. So what are the different things you don't want to get in a hurry over? And what are the things that you want to create a sense of urgency? Well, basically, uh, Aaron, I picked seven blunders for your 401k, but we could go on and on, okay? But these are seven that I think are pretty pretty uh, important. Okay. All right. The first one, leaving the 401k at your former employer. Now, what do I mean by that? Someone retires. Okay. This happens sometimes, Aaron, and, and I'm going to have you guess why they do this. They've retired. Maybe out of the blue, they call us. They've listened to the radio show. They've watched the TV show. Um, and I'll sit down and talk to them and I'll say, well, how long have you been retired? Oh, I've been retired about five years. Okay. Well, where is your 401k? And they'll say, what do you mean? I'll say, where is it? Who, where did you roll it over to? And he'll go, oh, no, no, I left it over with uh, Mutual Nairobi. It's still at my former employer. And I'll say, why? Why do you think they left it there? They just didn't know what to do with it. There you go. Pretty simple answer. Yeah. I mean, and I think what they're really saying is, otherwise they wouldn't call me. Deep down, they want some help. They want some guidance, but they don't know who to trust. Make sense? Yeah. So we can help with that, folks. I mean, we've been doing this a long time. I think if you allow us to go through the planning process... I've even invited people, Aaron, uh, to come by our Louisville or Bowling Green office, meet the staff, see what we do. I'm happy to share a process yeah, with them. I think the sure. more they learn about the firm, the more important it is. I had somebody the other day that came in, and I'm sure he's a nice fellow. She said, well, I've kind of been working with a guy over the years, and I mentioned the name of the firm. Hadn't really heard of him. So I went online to see this firm, see who was in there. He, you know, he seemed like a nice fella. Then they had a total of eight agents and advisors in this firm. Guess how many clerical people they had to support the agents with service work. You're going to die when I tell you how many. Uh, eight, eight agents and advisors. Eight agents. I'll guess high and I'll say three. <laughs> that is way high. Yeah. That's yeah. A, I would have thought five or six. He had two. two. That's it. There you go. And uh, one person uh, didn't even really do clerical. That was his marketing person. The other name, I'll change the name. I think her name, we'll call her Sally. And I'm looking at the website, and I see Sally down there. She's kind of got this distraught look, and I said, poor Sally. Handling all those guys. <laughs> it was just kind of funny. So let's talk about the blunders. Okay, so that's the first one, leaving the 401k at the former employer. And we can show you why there's a reason you need to move that out, folks. You've got to get a plan around this 401k. 
Uh, there's so many things that are going to come up, tax planning, uh, Social Security, how to integrate it with Social Security, how to make sure we deal with the tax tumor on the back. We'll talk about that in a second. But there's so many reasons why you want to consider moving that over to an independent financial uh, specialist like ourselves that's an independent fiduciary. Number two, rolling it over, here's the opposite, to the first person you meet. Uh, Aaron, what's going to happen by the time, when is this show going to be on? I know we're recording this on uh, September 15th, Yeah, this will be on in about a month. This will be on October 15th, actually. Okay. Yeah. So by that time, in fact, my mom lives in Lexington. She's already gotten some uh, dinner seminar invitations. Those things are going to come back. And when they do, what happens? We see it all the time. Uh, People will go to a dinner seminar. They don't know where to turn. The person's a nice person, buys a mistake dinner, and then they quickly roll their money over. And the reason I know they do this is they'll see me in about three or four years, and they'll say, Tony, I did this three or four years ago. I probably was in a hurry, and I don't know what I've got. Can you help me? Okay, so be careful of rushing into that. I always say... You spent 40 years to create this stuff. Why would you take 40 minutes to turn it over to somebody in one fell swoop? It's a good point. Makes no sense, folks. Here's one, maxing out your 401k to the very end. Now, what do I mean by this? Let's say you're 58 years of age and you've been putting all of your money in the 401k and maybe it's got a lot of money in there. But then I'll look over when I'm going through a fact finder with you and you got $3,000 in the bank. That is not being tax diversified. As you get closer to retirement, in many cases, many, not all, many cases, I'm going to suggest you back off that 401k and create some savings and or start chipping away at debt. Folks, you just can't keep maxing out that 401k plan because if you do, it leads to our next problem, Aaron, and that's creating a humongous, what I call the tax tumor. You've heard me talk about that, right, Aaron? How would you define a tax tumor? Because You've heard this, uh, but what, what is a tax? It's tumor? just the collection of taxes and fees that are buried deep within your uh, your 401k, your retirement savings. And when you go to take it out, Uncle Sam's going to say, "Hey, uh, we need to cut that out real quick. We need that. <laughs> we need that for. Uh, we need that for observation. We need it. Well, I don't know. They need it for something. That's right. So the point is, folks, the more you keep funding into the 401k, the bigger the tax tumor grows. And unlike a typical tumor that dies with you, this one doesn't. When you pass away, all of the taxes owed in that 401k get passed over. That tumor gets passed to your kids for them to deal with. And with recent changes in tax laws, it's going to be a mess. All right, the next thing is... uh, I guess remembering that the 401k technically is not a retirement plan. In fact, if you look at it closely, most people will call it a savings plan. So I've said this time and time again, but this is very important to understand. It's fine to rush into the 401k and look at it as a savings plan, but you have to create a sense of urgency in getting that thing rolled over to a fiduciary to create a retirement plan. So again, folks, the 401k is not a retirement plan. It's just a bucket full of cash waiting to be taxed. So that's the key. Now, let's put you in retirement or near retirement. What's another blunder that I see people make? I see savers who maybe have been a little frisky with their money in their 401k. They put it at risk, Aaron. But now they're getting ready to retire. They're 60, 65. Would you think, now this is just common sense, wouldn't you think if you no longer were working, or if you were at an age where if you stopped working, that same employer is probably not going to hire you back, right? They've already, right. They've already hired a 30-year-old to replace you. Do you think it would be wise to continue to risk all of your money in the stock market? Nope. Of course not. But I see a lot of you do that. So again, 
What we do with our folks is when you get that 401k and when you're visiting with us, we are going to look at determining with your assistance as we find out more about you, how much money, if any, listen, if any, that we want to put at risk in the stock market. So we're unique. I've got a great working knowledge of the stock market. I've been licensed to sell securities since 1986. I'm very well versed in annuities, been using those since about the same time frame. Fortunately, we're one of the largest individual producers of annuities in the country, and we work with a lot of different companies. So you get the best of both worlds. You get the Charles Schwab platform that we use to handle your investments, your stocks, bonds, ETFs, and mutual funds. And we, ch we charge a very low fee compared to most money managers. And then also you have access to the expertise that we offer in annuities and to make sure you're getting the annuity that's right for you. So again, we've got the annuities help minimize that risk and you've got to start looking at ways to minimize risk in, in retirement. And finally, and this is where we'll come back. I'm going to talk a little bit about the book, Live Well, Die Broke, when we come back. But I'm going to talk about this concept of creating a sense of urgency. How do we create a sense of urgency so that we can get our plans in order? And here's the thing, folks. Once you get the plans in order, the plans, the way we work at Tony Walker Financial, generally are adaptable to any changes that come up. That's the beauty of our proprietary software and the way we do our game plans. We know change is going to happen. We just don't know when. So the key to a worry-free retirement is having a game plan that is able to adapt the changes that will come your way. So how do we create a sense of urgency? I'm going to talk about that when I come back. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker. You stay tuned. Welcome to our Employee Spotlight, and today's feature will be Ms. Heather Hughes, our fiduciary in the Bowling Green office. First of all, Heather, thank you for uh, making the drive with JJ up to our Louisville studios today from Bowling Green. Glad to do it today. So briefly, tell the audience a little bit about how you got started at Tony Walker Financial, how long you've been with us, and your role there from doing an income planning specialist role all the way down to fiduciary. Oh, sure. Well, uh, joined the firm back in 2006. Hard to believe it's been that long. Uh, started off just helping you kind of develop game plans on the earliest levels. Um, since then, we went from Excel spreadsheets and building out our own big proprietary. Accordion. Remember the big accordion exactly. spreadsheets? Yeah. Long, long sheets of paper. <laughs> and then developing that proprietary software that we've come to love so much and it's so helpful for clients. So, since then, you know, as I learned the business, it really became a passion of mine and uh, ended up becoming a fiduciary just like you. And you're that person at the office that's there full time, which is so helpful to us because many times I'm with uh, clients quite a bit, but tell people the, I guess, surprise they have when we respond so quickly to their questions and the ability to call up the game plan and react to their needs as they change in retirement. Sure, that's one of the benefits, I think, of having me in the office full time. I know you're meeting with a lot of clients up here in Louisville. Uh, when you're in a meeting, you're of course not readily available. I'm usually, they can usually reach me with just a quick phone call. So if they have any questions, especially existing clients, I'm happy to answer those for them, pull up their game plan. If there are any changes we need to make, we're happy to do that. Or if they're even needing to make some decisions, I can help with that. Well, Heather, obviously I appreciate your work so much at Tony Walker Financial. You've been a great asset and we look forward to helping many more savers. So thank you so much. Well, thank you, Tony.
Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. And I think to set the stage for our last segment, I think it's important to think about your stage in life. And over the years, I've kind of talked about this concept called the three halves of life. And it's important to really understand where I'm coming from on that. First of all, it does make sense. If you think about a basketball game, there's a first half, a halftime, and a second half. So we could argue there's three halves or halftimes. I know it doesn't make math sense mathematically, but it is, it is true. So we generally work with people at any of those halves, but more specifically, our specialty is working with those at halftime, those who, who are retired recently or getting ready to retire. And we work with people in what we call the second half. Those are people that generally are at a point in life where they're not spending as much money. Generally, that's people over the age of 70. Maybe they've lost a spouse. I mean, it's getting, quite frankly, folks, other than a major health catastrophe, when you get in your 70s and 80s, it gets pretty predictable. And what I've noticed, uh, Aaron, and you know the age group of the clients we work with, but we've got so many people, a ton of people in that second half, it's allowed me to kind of watch their life play out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so rather than a lot of this being I go to a seminar or go to a workshop and come back and some company-sponsored event and just repeat or regurgitate what I've been told to do, I've watched their lives play out. So what I'm getting ready to share with you folks is real-world stuff. So keep in mind, again, if you're at halftime, if you're in that age range of about 60 to 70, it's probably the best time of your life to really use and enjoy your money you have to create a sense of urgency. If you don't do that, what's gonna happen is more than likely, you or your spouse or partner as you get older, it could be too late to use and enjoy the money. Um, I met uh, the other day, Aaron, with, I mean, a client couple of mine, they've been with me a long time. You remember the old Starbucks days when I used to see people at oh, Starbucks, yeah. you heard yeah. about that? <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, they've been with me forever. They were in the old Starbucks days. Well, now they're in their mid 70s, uh, he's got Parkinson's, he's pretty much bedridden, she's got people coming in full time, and she came in the other day to see me, she finally got a break, she had to have somebody watch him at home, she can't leave the home now. And she said, you know, Tony, for me, it's pretty much over. Now, what she meant by that was her life with her husband was over. Does that make sense? Right, you know, They yes. couldn't do anything. So that's what I'm saying, folks, when you see that kind of stuff play out, it reminds you that there is, there needs to be a sense of urgency about your life. Now. Uh, I will say this, Aaron. I think the only trouble I ever get into on my radio and TV show, first of all, I don't think people understand my personality, uh, is that I'm okay talking about dying. You've kind of picked up on that, yeah. haven't you? I, yeah, I've picked that up on that. <clears throat> I don't know why it's never bothered me. I'm okay talking about dying. I can accept death. I've had some real, real close loved ones who have died. I've accepted it. Uh, and so I think that's allowed me to have frank conversations with people. And when I wrote the book, Live Well, Die Broke, it allowed me to share with people my, the reason that I think you need to be aware of your death. What's the old saying? A man's not ready to live until he's ready to die. Do you do you buy that? Yeah, I, yeah. I do. I mean, so so again, for those of you if I've ever made any comments, kind of playing down death or whatever, it's it's not that I'm trying to make fun of people dying, folks. It's just the reality of death, and I think it's allowed me to be more realistic in helping my clients use and enjoy their money. Without that perspective, I don't know how you ever would. I think you would just hoard it and one day die and leave it to somebody, not sure how they're gonna use it, but who knows. So what I did on Live Well, Die Broke, if uh, you wanna purchase a copy of the book, by the way, it's uh, available at major bookstores and Amazon, but on page 84, I call it Tony's Live Well, Die Broke Timeline. You've seen this, haven't you? Yes. And so here's what you need to do, folks. Think about doing this, and you could just do this on a scratch piece of paper. You start out from the day you were born. You know, let's say you're born in 1950 or whatever. 
Then you draw the timeline up to today. So today is, you know, 2020. So that means you've been alive on earth 70 years, right? Would that be right? 20, what did I say? 20, uh, 1950 to 2020. Yeah, that's 70 years. Yeah, 70 years. Okay, 70 years. Okay. And then just as quick as you can, right at the end of that, where there's your future out there, write down an age of when you think you might die. And you might be saying, this is really weird, but just do it anyway. So let's just say, Aaron, this person that's listening on the other end is 70, and they're right down 79. So they've got a visual. That means, if you knew for a fact you're going to die, that means that person only has nine years left on planet Earth. you realize how quickly nine years goes by? Oh, yeah. So, folks, this is why we take this perspective on, and this is why I created the timeline. doesn't matter your age. What happens is when you start plotting your life on a timeline, and visualizing when you might pass away, it creates a sense of urgency to use and enjoy your money. So I'd encourage you to think about that. Try that. Now, in the meantime, speaking of urgency, with the time left, you may be sitting there thinking, you know what, Tony, I got an urgent deal. I got to get this 401k rolled over somewhere, or I just got laid off, or I heard if you're over the age of 59 and a half, you can move that puppy out to somebody like you and safeguard it and give me some of that mailbox money you keep talking about. Well, that's really easy to do, and that's something we can help with right away. So if you'd like to talk to me in person, either by phone or at one of our offices at either Bowling Green, Louisville, or Lexington, Kentucky, be happy to do that. All you got to do is go to TonyWalkerFinancial.com, click on the Let's Get Started. It's TonyWalkerFinancial.com. Let's get started, or give us a call at 877-499-WALK. Well, we hope you've enjoyed today's program. Next week, we're going to continue on with What's Your Hurry when we talk about buying the wrong annuity. Good stuff coming your way, but you remember, between now and next week, if all else fails, you be worry-free. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it, you don't got it. You don't get it. Shame on you Funny, funny, funny what money can do